Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. We are talking about fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. All of us were created to bear fruit, good fruit. Right? Jesus said that I've sent you that you may bear fruit and that your fruit may remain, may last. You understand that? Fruitfulness is super, super critical to our well being as people and as Christians. Now, one of the things I thought about this morning when I was coming is that no tree bears fruit for itself. Okay. I'll try this side. No tree bears fruit for itself. You agree? Every tree that bears fruit bears fruit for the benefit of others. Including you. You are not supposed to be bearing fruit for yourself. In fact, if you're living a healthy life, much of what makes you happy doesn't come from you. Right? If you're joyful, you're joyful because you have friends. Okay, let me ask. What happens if, say, you are one of those people who think that money will make you happy and then you have a lot of it but you don't have any friends? So you go and buy your burger and eat it alone and go back to your house by yourself and then go buy a burger, eat. How, how helpful is that? So you realize that all, all the things that make us healthy are from other people. And all the things that make other people healthy are from us. When you start living your life bearing fruit that other people can partake of, that is what they call life. Everything else is just existence. Ah, my goodness. Is this worship artist? Or is this quietness Presbyterian church? What has happened? Or is it the way I've started? So, the thing of fruitfulness is a real thing. If you're not intentional about bearing fruit that satisfies and benefits others, you are not really living. And so, I want to continue helping us and I want us to help one another to by and by become those kind of people where people will say, ha, my life has turned out a certain way because of this person, this person, this person. And you are, you are being, they're pointing at you. That's very important. Amen. Wow. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now, 
Today I want us to look at one or two things about fruitfulness. And I hope by the end of this, we'll have eliminated the witchcraft type of thinking that exists in church. Where we think that God is some chief witch who creates white doves out of nothing and pulls rabbits out of hats. That's how many Christians live and that's why they just can't have consistent fruit. I want us to talk about the principle of sowing and reaping. Because that's how the kingdom works. So I want, we are going to focus on about maybe three core things, just in case you didn't take your coffee and you doze off somewhere in the middle. One being that without a seed, there will never be a harvest. Are we agreed on that one? Have you ever harvested something where you didn't plant anything? If you did that, you, you were what they call a thief. People who harvest where they have not sown, the taking court arm is thief. Stealing. I went together. And the last time I checked, we need to chase the demon of stealing from our village. Okay. <laughs> I don't want people quoting me. Second. <laughs> so, are, are we agreed on that? Guys, let's agree on some basic principles, including responding to when my message. This is a conversation. Don't, don't treat me like a lecturer. You didn't come to a lecture. You came to a service. Now some of you, your neighbors, eh, the way they look on the face, even when the angel of the Lord is coming to bless you, he just takes one look at their face and like, next Sunday, this is too scary. Don't scare off my angels. Hey! So, one, have we agreed that you cannot have a harvest without seeds? Yeah? Okay. Secondly, we can agree that different seeds gives you different harvests. You don't plant avocado and while your desire is apple, whatever, uh, purples, papaya, or mangoes, right? We agreed on that one too. The third thing we are going to agree on, which actually will be the main theme for this sermon, although all the others that I'm telling you will come next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next is that the soil type even if you have a good seed the soil type can determine your harvest and so the question the big question for today is what kind of soil are you what soil type are you what soil type am I we are now together. What a comforting idea that we are together. Now, why don't we get into the scripture? Mark 4, verse 3 to 20. It's a popular scripture. Most of us have heard it, but let's read together. It says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened that as he saw that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it, some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up. What happened? Because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered. 
away. Next. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. That is the story. It's one of the many parables Jesus told regarding this issue of fruit, right? And he says in the next verse, and he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him. In other words, you can have ears to hear and you do not hear. Or you can have ears to hear and you hear. That's another sermon. I don't want to go into it because I may not come out of the hole. But I hope that you have ears to hear and you are hearing. Because you can have ears to hear and you don't hear. And what changes your life is what you hear. People who hear things and hear them a certain way and do certain things about it, their lives are changed. David came to the battlefield and he heard Goliath speaking. It changed his life forever. Rebecca heard Isaac instructing Esau to go and bring meat to be blessed. And it changed Jacob's life forever. What are you hearing and how are you hearing it? Everyone was hearing Goliath a certain way. David heard him a certain way. Are you, are you with me? That's why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. For with whatever measure you use, it shall be measured to you. Because you can only use what you are hearing. If you're a doctor, you're a product of hearing. You went to class and someone was instructing medicine and you listened. And now you have a DR before your name. Can I have some mic in the monitor? Other people can try and forge that and get an email from somewhere telling them we can give you a doctorate. It, I, don't take it. Don't buy that. The guy who went to law school did not become a doctor. They became a lawyer because they were not teaching medicine. They were teaching law. So what you hear determines who you become. If you're constantly hearing negative things, you can't do it. You won't make it. You're too short. You're too tall. You're too thin. You're too fat. You're too black. You're too brown. You're too white. You're too this. You're too the other. Run. Run from that environment because I can tell you, you're not immune to the principle of seed. Shout, I'm understanding. Verse 13. Look, I'm preaching better than you're listening, but, uh, you know, verse 13, are you there? Let's read. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the 
parables. Jesus makes a very radical statement. He says, if you don't understand this principle of sowing and reaping, everything else you will ever be taught about the kingdom will never make sense to you. See the words he uses. It doesn't say, do you not hear this parable? How will you hear? No, it's not talking about hearing. It's talking about understanding. That's why there are a lot of people who go to church every week and they hear sermons and they have a misunderstanding of the kingdom and it shows in results. <sighs> That's because you're hearing, doesn't mean you're understanding. But he says, if you don't understand this one, Everything else you think you have understood, you have misunderstood. Not my words, the words of Jesus. And his cross is over there. Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? People who don't understand the principle of sowing and reaping will never understand how the kingdom works. They will think this is witchcraft dressed in white on a cross. And they will shout themselves horse in church and their lives will not show that they've met the living God. That's why understanding this is very important. Are we still together? Today I'm determined to keep time. Genesis 8.22 What does it say? While the earth remains seed time and harvest uh -huh, cold and heat uh -huh, winter and summer day and night shall not cease. He says as long as there is something called planet earth these four things will never stop to work. Now, summer and winter might be a little bit difficult for us here, but the people in London, Newcastle, uh, Canada, and Germany, they have understood. Now, let's quickly come to our, our, our space. Cold and heat. Even that one, some people are like, Nowadays, it's hot at night. So, let me leave that. Let's, let's come to day and night. How many of you have plans for tomorrow? I do. I hope you do. How many of you know that between now and tomorrow, there's going to be night time? How many of you are fasting and praying about it to, for the night to come? You are waiting on the Lord. They find you there in the corridor. Brother, what's up? I'm waiting on the Lord. Why? I need night to come. We have feared you already. Why? It's a sure deal. It is as sure as I don't know that at some point in a few hours today, the sun is going to set and what you love is something called what? Night. 
and tomorrow will be day and you are not anxious about it you're not praying about it you've not sent me an email about it pastor pray for us night we don't know if it will come huh? oh you sent and it went to the uh, another folder it bounced you're sure right now do you know what he says the same way the guys in Germany are sure summer is coming winter will come the same way some of you are sure it will be cold at night, at least colder than now. The same way everyone is not even thinking about it because it's a sure deal that there will be night time. Is the same way seed time and harvest will never cease on the planet. And anyone who thinks you're too spiritual or too special to override that principle, you're just stupid and you need to talk to someone quickly. And in fact, the, the, the word stupid doesn't have many synonyms, so don't look at me badly because anyway, you're not the one I'm talking about. So, What a shock. This is a good message, whether you acknowledge it or not. You know those days I used to preach fearing people. But you know when you've been doing it for 17 years, eh? at, some, at some point I don't know what happened to the fear. So whether you look at me with squinted eyes, with open eyes, and your mouth is in a sick curve downwards, you're not even... I'm not going to stop preaching this message. <laughs> because it's a good message. Think about it. Sit time and harvest will never cease. In other words, everything you see, every experience of life that you have is a harvest of a seed that was sown at some point either by yourself or someone else every every the state of your marriage is a harvest Right. I was so excited to see that the worship team now has married men in it. So all the married men, thank you for joining the worship team. The state of your marriage is a harvest. Forget the witchcraft. You are tasting the result of your planting. The state of your finances is a harvest. The money in your bank account is a harvest. Money is a reward for solving problems. The more problems you solve, the more money you get. I was going to say something that I realized it may not be politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stay here. Uh, uh. I've refused to yield to the temptation. Look at this. Listening is the seed for the harvest of learning. When you come to church and it's message time and you're fiddling with your Chinese phone, you're not going to learn anything. Because listening is the seed for the harvest of 
learning. Appearance is the seed for the harvest of perception. How you, what, what, when you show up, what you look like will determine how people perceive you. Now you may be the kind of guy who can take out a hat and put it back and it works. But if you come with your dreads hanging up to here and something coming out of here and I don't know what, what, they're not going to let you into the theater. They'll be like, ah. No, no, we can't risk our, our person. And yet you might be the one who can save the person. Do you know why pilots dress the way they do? Ah, it's a high risk venture being up there. Now imagine you went to, to fly and a guy shows up with his torn t-shirt and you know balancing his shorts down here. You can see his boxers and he's like, we're up, we're up. Me and your captain, we're going, man. Get on the airplane. You'll be like, no, I don't want to fly anymore. <laughs> yeah, flight postponed. Yeah, that's why you know some of you only show up for interviews. It just doesn't work. Yeah, because, you know, you look somewhere, you smell somewhere. The panelists are wondering. Have they fumigated? Wait, wait, wait. Teaching. You guys have to. Teaching is the seed for the harvest of obedience. Jesus said, go make disciples, teaching them to obey. Many of us, we expect our disciples to be obedient. Having not been you expect that someone somewhere along the way told them to keep time. For you, you just expect them to keep time. Someone somewhere along the way told them that they should not sleep with someone they are not married to. You just expect them not to do it. Why is this getting quiet? What? What else do you expect your disciples to do, having not been taught? Saving. You expect that someone somewhere told them that they have to save some of the money they earn. You just expect them to get wealthy magically, magically. You expect that someone somewhere told them to use deodorant, antiperspirant deodorant. And you expect them to show up smelling nice. And every time they come for MC meeting, it's like there's a male goat that was let into the meeting. And you're wondering what's going on. Ah. Ah. What a shock. The seed of teaching will give you the harvest of obedience. If you don't teach your children, they will not know what to obey. Prayer is the seed for the harvest of God's presence. If you don't pray, you will never experience God's presence and the miracles that come with that. Honor is the seed for the harvest of promotion. There's a whole book about that. So I'm not going to elaborate. 
But if you feel like your life has been in the same place for a long time, you need to read the book. It's blue, it's outside. And proceed and do what the book tells you to do and then see what happens. Practice is the seed for the harvest of expertise. Give me something. I say, I say, I say, I say, say that brother knows what he's doing. The brother knows what he's doing. The brother knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows what he is to win. Yeah. Can I get someone else to come up? Uh, uh. He knows, he knows, he knows. He knows, he knows. He knows, he knows. Yeah, yeah. Practice is the seed for the harvest of expertise. You will always be a mediocre until you do something repeatedly for a long time. Look, I know your mother told you you're the best, but. <laughs> how you, how you know whether your mother was right is are people willing to take Gener huh? generosity is the seed for the harvest of abundance everyone that works in abundance is a generous person Verse 14 says, the sower sows the word. The word of God is the principal seed of the kingdom. Amen. Principal seed of the kingdom of God. Jesus himself is referred to as the word. God created the world by his word. Says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made and without him was nothing made that was made. Our own salvation is premised on the word. He says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. First Peter 1.23 Which is the word of God that lives and abides forever. Amen. So, if you are in the kingdom, if you are a child of God, and you want the God life, you want the God experience, you can't do it without the word of God. In fact, words are so powerful that whole nations or entities are established by, by them. How did you start a company? You wrote memorandum and articles of association. That's how it came to be. Those are words. We are all following in God's footsteps who said, let there be. And there, there it was. It is words that establish things. If you're poor with words, you're going to be poor with creation of things. I was just checking last night. You know the, the U.S. Independence Day is July 4th. 
July 4th. And it was on July 4th, 1776, that some guys met and wrote down what they call the Declaration of Independence. Should I read some of it for you? Uh, uh, you don't look like you want me to read some of it. Are you sure? Now, they did not, they don't celebrate the day they were really free from British rule. That's not the one they, they celebrate the day they wrote down the words. Let me read some for you just to eliminate some levels of ignorance. This is just an excerpt, so two paragraphs from a long document. We hold this truth to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to effect their safety and happiness. This is the Declaration of Independence of the United States. Okay? So don't go around... Here is how it ends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in General Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, colonies solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all other acts and things which independent states may may of right do and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor that's how the united states was set up words words The power of the seed called words. You can destroy a person. You can destroy your child using your words. Or you can heal a person. You can heal your spouse using your words. You can heal a friend using words. Words are powerful. The sower sows the word. A nation as powerful as the, as the US, which just came to be by people sitting, writing this thing, and that's it. From that time, they fought 
as an entity that exists. They did not fight as rebels. From before that, they were fighting as rebels to the crown, against the crown. From that, they were fighting as an entity that is fighting for their own justice. Words. You can literally turn your life around using words. Amen. Now, having talked about the fact that you have to have seeds to get a what? A harvest. We are agreed on that. And then two, certain kinds of seeds will give you certain kinds of harvests. Now three, certain soils will return a certain degree of harvest regardless of the seed. Verse 15. Are we ready to read? When I say verse 15, it goes up on the screen. One, two, we read. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, what happens? Satan comes when? Immediately. When? Like right now during the service. Oh, immediately the service ends. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Soil type one. Satan steals the word immediately. I told you what succeeds. You know, when you plant seeds, they become trees. If you add a thousand seeds in a bag, they are not much. You can carry it with a finger. If they become a thousand trees, to get rid of a thousand trees is another thing altogether. And the devil is a student of strategy. So he knows this thing is going to be much harder later. Steal the bag of seeds now. Don't wait to cut a forest. It's costly. So he makes sure you're on WhatsApp while the someone is being preached. Huh? Or someone else is distracting you. Telling you Kabozi that has nothing to do with what's going on. Right? How else does the devil steal? He gives you offense. <laughs> the preacher said something. He was not even aiming at you. But somehow you happen to be in the category of the people that thing pertains to. So from that time onwards, you're annoyed and switched off and wait, can't wait for the service to end so you put an end to this attack and walk out. Oh yeah, offense is a serious weapon that the enemy uses. All the people that could have benefited you, you can be offended by them because they are speaking wisdom that's contrary to you. Let me ask you, if, if someone, if, if things that are said always agree with where you are, will you ever grow? No. You can never grow. The only way to grow is when you encounter information that is contrary to your current state of knowledge. So you either step up or you get offended and stay there. Don't be offended. How else does this still? You judge the teacher's accent, clothes, gender, height. You're like, he's a young man. I mean, that's me, right? Yeah, people were judging Jesus. 
person could have healed them, they were there scrutinizing. So that's one of the ways the enemy steals from you. It turns into a judge. You are in, you, you play someone table tennis. The preacher says this, you say something else in your head. Eh, but also, eh, but also, eh, but also, 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 but also. Why is he saying that? Yeah, there are other opinions about that issue. Yeah, this is not a research class. This is a church. There is no literature review. And citations. You will be okay. Another way the enemy steals is not understanding what is being taught. Well, you know, you honestly want to make sense of what the person is saying, but you're not clicking it. Have you ever been to a class where you're not understanding? Yeah, like those chemistry classes. The person is writing stuff on the blackboard of complex ah, equations. X this, Y that, A, B, what brackets over, under. And you're like, Lord, what has happened? I used to be a sharp person. Not understanding. When you don't understand what is being taught, the seed is being stolen. Can I tell you another fun, fun one? Sleep. During the message. Oh yeah. Am I helping a neighbor? So what is soil type one? Satan steals the word immediately. Say with me. Satan steals the word immediately. Again, Satan steals the word immediately. That's soil type one. You'll never have a chance of bearing fruit because the word is stolen immediately. Soil type two is where challenges kill the word. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones who sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with what? Gladness. They receive it. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Mm. This is so type to you. Hear the word, you are initially excited about it, but a lack of depth means that when challenges related to it come to pass. You stumble. You come to church, they tell you about you know, uh, faithfulness, you know, chastity, don't sleep with a man you're not married to, don't sleep with a girl you're not married to. Ah. And then your ex who has not shown up for six months, that's the day calls. Yeah. Yeah, when you reach home, that's the day because coming for a refresher course. What a shock. Eh? Why are people pretending not to understand what I'm saying? Eh? Hasn't your ex ever called coming for a refresher course? Don't put your hand up. 
<laughs> I know what I'm saying. It's like, you've been okay. They thought about it. You're like, yeah, things are good. Things are good. I'm holding steady. Then that guy calls. You're like, no, this one. How of all days. I know things. I know things. Yeah, even you know, you know when people go to church, the whole, the whole thing about church is pretend as much as possible and get away with it. I don't, you know, it's so good up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone is trying to look like they just dropped from heaven and they are with us temporarily and they will go back after the service. Yeah, we are going to see them ascend like Jesus. And then an angel will come and say, ye men of Nalia, why stand they see here gazing in the sky? This same Jesus, or rather, this same Kawesa that ye saw. <laughs> oh yes! When challenges come, we thought you understood corruption is bad, it destroys nations, theft is bad, it brings a curse on your life. And on Tuesday, the bribe that you've never been offered before <laughs> that can clear your arise and build pledge, buy you a plot and get your mortgage a little bit ahead gets put on your table and that's when you do stupid things like but anyway Lord I'm even going to give some to church yeah? this is the year of fruitfulness my friend do you know what you're getting yourself into stealing carries a curse the day, the day you understand that you'll never touch a coin that's not yours. Oh yeah. The devil doesn't give anything. He's a, a lender of very high interest. Yeah. You'll be happy for a few weeks and then he'll come. He'll come. When it comes to money, yeah? Just no money is spiritual. Don't mess with money. Don't think money is a normal thing. Eh? Yeah. Spiritual. Just the one that's not yours. Eh? Yeah, I'll eat at the neighbors if, if need be. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's how we are going to change this country. It is going to be everyone understanding at a personal level. Oh yeah, theft carries a curse. Eh? Hmm. You can struggle and struggle. Because there are people you wonder, why is this person struggling? They shouldn't be struggling. Yeah, so, the other side of it is generosity. Instead of stealing, you give. Paul says, let him who stole, steal no longer. Meanwhile, he's writing to the saints. He wasn't writing to the sinners. The saints and he's telling the saints, let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good for what purpose that he may have something to give him 
who has been. So the opposite of stealing is not just not stealing. The opposite of stealing is giving. I hope you, have, you are seeing that. Because stealing, you're taking from someone. So the opposite can't be just being there. The opposite is giving to someone. So you can have had this, then they put a bribe on your table. Take just one signature. All the other people have signed. You are the only one left to sign. Yeah, so and so has signed, so and so has signed. So. And then you look, all the brethren, they all go to church somewhere and they're like, but we are okay. And you know, when I preach, it's prophecy. It means that someone is going to have to face something like this either this week or soon. Now you know what to do. Maybe you've been taught about healing and then the symptom comes back in your body. And then you start fighting that pain. <sighs> May God help us to win. That's soil type two. Soil type two, the challenges that are designed to oppose the word come and they kill the word. Right, so type three, I call it limited fruitfulness. Verse 18, 19. The Lord is good, he's going to help me finish. Now these are the ones who sown among thorns. Ah, are you reading? They are the ones who hear the word so they were not distracted. Okay? And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. This is limited fruitfulness. In soil type 2, there were rocks, so the thing sprang up, and then the sun came, scorched it, it died. In soil type 3, the thing actually grows. And, but also the weeds and the thorns grow. So they choke it. When it is bearing fruit, it is little small fruits. This is when people understand something and they go almost all the way. But they always... Yeah, it's like when you get on a plane and it even gets on the runway, but it doesn't hit the right speed. Or you, something happens and you have to land again. You don't go to your destination. Did you fly? Yes. Did you go to your destination? No. This one has so many examples that I don't want to give them because they But what does this say? What brings it? Deceitfulness of riches. Deceitful. It's not riches. It's not the riches. It is the deceitful. In other words, when you have some money, you can be deceived and deluded about certain things. That, can you imagine a scenario where money is done that is preventing you from bearing fruit? The desires for other things. Other than the thing that you're called to. The cares of this world. So, can I, let me give you an example. It's a little sensitive. But if I stay here, near the speaker. 
So for example, you decide to make disciples, right? That's what Jesus called us to do. Disciples you make, disciples you make, disciples you make. But then you don't go all the way of discipleship, which is planting a church. So what happens to those disciples over time? They disappear. Now imagine if I was making disciples without planting this church. Do you see that I would be having very limited fruitfulness? I told you it's a sensitive example, so, so Winnie, that's why I'm stayed here. Here, I'm not. I'm not going to come there. Yeah. So those of you who say, for me, I'll make disciples, but I'll never plant a church. You are, in, you are this soil type. Because if you make disciples and you don't plant a church, what will happen when you go to heaven? Which you will do anyway at some point in the future. Can I give you another example? You say, we are going to solve economic problems. Economic problems we are going to solve. You start a business. But this business has only one employee. And you know the employee? Yourself. That is a hectic limited fruitfulness. It could be a business that could have employed 2,000 people. But you never went beyond the feed my family vision. And so you are in limited fruitfulness. I need to finish. How about people who go to school but they don't finish? Did you study? Yes. Where is the degree? I can explain. The care for other things entering in. Hmm? Students. And former and ongoing students. Who are we talking about? Limited fruitfulness. You went to school to, to graduate. You jumped out somewhere in the middle. Well, I told you, sensitive. You do not go all the way. The, the world is full of people who do not go all the way. Limited fruitfulness. You must break that over your life. You fall in love. Hmm? The end is that you're supposed to be married, start a home, bring forth children. But somewhere along the way, Realize you moved in, you didn't complete things. The parents of the girl don't know. They are driving without a driving permit. <laughs> ah. All right. I'm sure you've understood. Don't be soil type three. You know this church had become soil type 3. 
We knew what God has called us to do. But we had reached somewhere, hit a ceiling, and we are distracted by many things. And what rescued us is when we started listening to Bishop Doug and following him and his example. And now we feel like now we are moving again towards what God called us to do. Otherwise, yeah, we could have died and gone to heaven and had lots of things to explain. So I know what I'm talking about. I know what it means to be in limited fruitfulness. Meanwhile, people are celebrating you in your limited fruitfulness. They think you are doing well. Because their own limited fruitfulness is even at a different level of limitedness. Wow. One of the ways we go limited fruitfulness, you come to church but you never give your life to Jesus. You think going to church will make you a Christian just as if sleeping in a garage will make you a car. So you're religious, but you don't have a relationship. But there is a fourth soil type. Those who hear the word, they accept it, bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Say, that's me. Hey, you people, that's the life. That's the life we have been called to. Abundant fruitfulness. Amen. You hear the word? You receive it and you bear fruit. Now, I'm like concluding because the service is over. But I'm going to tell you two things. Because if I don't tell them to you, then I will not have done a good job. How do you move from these three soil types to this one? What is it about this fourth soil type that the other three don't have? Or that the other three have? Can I tell it to you? Soil type four has less, not more. Soil type four has less, not more. Remember, these are the same soils in the same area. Okay? I had this actually from Andrew Womack, and it blew my mind, so I hope yours is also frying by now. You see, soil type 1, by the wayside, it is good soil, but because people have walked over it consistently, it has been compacted. So it is hardened. It's a good soil which has, which is too compacted. That's why it can't bear fruit. Soil type two is a good soil which has stones in it. Soil type three is a good soil which has thorns and weeds in it. Soil type 4 is not a special soil that is different from 1 to 3. It just has not been compacted. It has no stones and it has no weeds. It has less, not more. Fruitfulness is not living a frenetic life with more activity, more this, more that, more the other. In fact, it is reduction. 
It's reduction. It's reducing the activity. It's reducing the people you have issues with. You have beef with this one, that one. How many people can you have beef with and you don't get sick? It's reduction. It's focusing. It's focusing on that business and making it work instead of having 10 different kiosk type businesses. That's soil type one. You focus on the thing. You remove the distractions, remove the compactness. It's having a heart that is free of bitterness. It's having a childlike attitude. Less children have less. Jesus said the kingdom belongs to children. Do you know why? Because they have less, they have less things, less bitterness, less they don't want. No, even if they've just fought with the other one, soon they'll be playing with them. That's children. That's where the kingdom is. It's less, not more. Amen. Why don't you stand up and let's pray and close this service. I'm assuming you are in full understanding of what we just said. Amen. Just open your mouth and give thanks to God for his kindness. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Thank you. In all the locations, just give thanks to God because he desires to make us fruitful. To make us fruitful. Just open your mouth and pray. Pray in the spirit if you know what that means. Oh, just give thanks to God. Yes, we bless you. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you that you've wired us to bear fruit, that our hearts are wonderful soil that just need less things to bear even more fruit. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for reviving us. Thank you for giving us direction, for showing us where to go, what to do in this week. Thank you for helping us say no to scenarios that will choke the word. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Amen. And friends, even as we close this service, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you've never done that. It's the most important decision you will ever make. He invites you, he welcomes you as you are, and he says, I love you. I want to have a relationship with you, both here and in all the locations that are joining us and hosting centers. It will be my honor to pray for you to receive Jesus. Amen. So as everyone is praying, every eye closed, everyone praying, just focusing on your own relationship with God. If you're there and you're saying, today is my day to give my life to Jesus, I want to pray with you. Can you just put your hand up? I want to see it wherever you are. Just put it up straight until I've seen it. Until I've seen it. Until I've seen it. Don't put it down until I've seen it. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Put it up until I've seen it. Put it up until I've seen it. Our time is fast spent. So just put it up until I've seen it. Also at all the locations, there's a pastor standing at the front and you just, just go where they are. Come here. Let, let me pray with you. Uh, it will be my honor to pray with you. Welcome, brother. Welcome, welcome. Oh, welcome, young lady. Welcome, my sister. Can we, hey, please, can we celebrate these courageous people? The Bible says there's celebration in heaven when one person turns to the Lord. All right. Anyone else? It's, you're saying today, I'm going to soul type four. I'm not just going to be a religious person who goes to church. I want a relationship with Jesus so I can bear fruit. If you're there, today is your day. Today is your day. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Now is the time. Just start walking. Just start walking. 
there are enough courageous people here who have shown us a good example. Just start walking wherever you are, at every location, every hosting center, even if you're online, I need you to put your hand up and receive Jesus. Welcome, my sister. Anyone else? Just come. Keep coming. Keep coming. I don't see you people celebrating the people who are making a decision. They are coming courageously, young and courageous. Oh, yes. Welcome. Welcome, my sister. Thank you. Anyone else? Just keep coming. You're the one. You're the one. If you're feeling something in your heart, your heart is beating. You're the one. You're the one that Jesus loves. And in this great assembly of saints, he wants to receive you. Amen. I know the time for our service has actually ended, but this is so important. We are willing to extend it a bit. Anyone else? Just, just start walking. You know, your feet want, you, want to carry you, so don't deny them the opportunity. Just walk in front. I want to pray with you to receive Jesus today. Today, today, today is the day of salvation. The writer says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. The young, the old, the mature, the men, the women are all giving their lives to Jesus. Welcome, my sister. Did you know that 70, what's the, 70% uh, of all people who come to Christ do so before the age of 14? Before the age of 14. So if you're here, don't say I'm too young to get saved. Now, if you're above 14, you're in the miracle category. So you need to come today. Yeah, it's really late. <laughs> Amen. Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus today? We are waiting for you. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. And I thought that because my parents were saved, born again, I thought that covered me. But the fruit in my life revealed that my parents' salvation somehow did not extend into my heart. One day I had to make a commitment to follow Jesus myself. Maybe you're here and you're that kind of person. I want you to come forward. We are willing to wait for you. Thank you, Lord. We will wait for you. You're a VVVIP. If today is the day of salvation. Amen. Anyone else? Can you help me check with your neighbor if they are being fearful? Tell them I can walk there with you. Tell your neighbor, I can walk there with you. Oh, yes. I used to be uh, a little bit, you know, uneasy about altar call. Then I realized there is a battle for men's souls. Yeah, so nowadays I stand here and I'm, I be like, let's look at each other and let us see who will quit first between the devil and myself. Because there is a battle for your soul. You are an important person to God, so don't let the enemy convince you to stay in his camp. Amen. Because he wants, God wants to use you to bear fruit that will change the lives of thousands of people. Thousands of people's lives are going to be changed when you come forward today. Oh, yes. Thank you, my sister. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome. God bless you. Stay with us since you promised to come with us. Anyone else? Anyone else? This is the time. This is the time. This is the hour of salvation. This is the day. Welcome, my sister. God bless you so much. Those of you who are going back to school tomorrow and this week, you need to come to Jesus so you go covered. Amen. Come, 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 come. I'm expecting more of you to come. Oh, yeah. And as you can tell, I'm not about to be in a hurry. Yeah, at this point, I stop looking at the clock. This is important. This is important. This is important. You're going back to school. You have never given your life to Jesus. You better do it today. 
thank you. Welcome, my, my sister. Come, 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 come. Come, come. You, you come here. All these pastors will stand with you. They will pray with you. Amen. God wants to heal someone from the inside today. You've had a lot of stuff going on in your heart. A lot of pain, a lot of pain, a lot of pain. Jesus is calling you, saying, come to me. I will make all things new. Amen. 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 At all the locations, at all the hosting centers, I know the pastors are receiving the people who are making this decision. All right. Okay. I'm about to quit. Are you still there and you're the one I'm waiting for? Hey, welcome, my sister. Welcome, my sister. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. Yes, are you the one I'm waiting for? Are you the one who is keeping me going? Because God has seen your heart and knows that you need salvation. Wherever you are, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Welcome, my brother. Welcome, my brother. God bless you. Welcome, my brother. God bless you so much. Today, I told you, today is the day of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my brother. He makes all things new. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Yeah, now is a good time to just come forward if you're the one. Just, just, just walk, 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 walk. Amen. Uh, every time I want to quit, something tells me there is someone. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to wait. I don't mind waiting on you, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, today is the day of salvation. Welcome, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. All right. You know what? All right. Can you help me? These most courageous people anywhere in the world today are right in front of me. Can you help me celebrate their courage? Amen. Now just pray what I pray. The Bible says with the heart, one believes to, uh, for righteousness with the mouth confession is made for salvation, right? And all these other people are going to pray with you so that you don't feel awkward, alright? So you just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, today, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me a new hope. Thank you for giving me a new hope. And a new future. And a new future. I come to you. I come to you. I open my heart to you. I open my heart that you will heal me. That you will heal me. And that you will do great things in me. That you will do great things in me. May your word that comes to me that comes to me produce fruit produce fruit for thousands of people for thousands of people to partake of to partake of i receive you as my lord and savior i receive you as my lord and savior amen 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 awesome now i want to take one finger like this you know like as if you're warning someone like so say satan satan i warn you I warn you. From today, from today, you and I, you and I it's over. It's over. Don't talk to me. Don't, talk Don't come near me. Don't send me your agents. I'm not interested. I bind you. I 
I leave you behind. I leave you behind. I've gone with Jesus. I've gone with forever. Jesus. Forever. Amen. 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 Can you help me celebrate these wonderful people? Now, you see this gentleman here? He's called Pastor Steve. Just go with him right there in that corner. Just take your contact so that we can be in touch with you. Amen. Let's go. Can we celebrate these wonderful people? Yeah. Are you glad you came to church today? Are you blessed? Oh, yes. If, you, if you've just prayed that prayer and you're online, you're by yourself, or you're listening on radio, or you're on TV, there's a number, uh, 0775-642-449. Text that number right now. Right now. There's a pastor on the other end of that number ready to receive your message and to walk with you. Amen. Let's pray as we close the service. Father, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your word that is a seed. Lord, help us become soil type four that will bear much fruit that will benefit others in this life. We bless you, we thank you, and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. And friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace, shalom, wholeness. May he open doors for you. May he close those that seek to destroy you. And may you have a wonderful week until we meet again. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. We're taking territory.